Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Learn to think differently. Learn to live differently. God wants you to do more than just survive. He wants you to thrive. Be changed. Be renewed. Be transformed. Well, good morning, and once again, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, we are in week two of this Transform series, and uh, in this series, we're looking at seven key areas of our lives where we want to see God's purposes fulfilled in us. Today, uh, ironically, we're talking about physical health, and um, just a couple of days ago, I had just a very minor knee surgery, and you can tell it was very minor because I'm able to walk. It's not a big deal, but... Uh, Today, we're actually going to start with this, stress reduction. <laughs> People spend a lot of money trying to relieve stress in their lives, and yet according to this, it's pretty easy. You just bang your head until you're unconscious, and then the stress is gone. But the question that we have today that we're going to talk about is how do we really deal with stress? How do you and I, I gotta get comfortable here, here we go. How do you and I really deal with stress? Stress at its core is simply a threat. Whether it's a real threat or a perceived threat in your life, when you feel threatened, when your body feels threatened by something, maybe it's an emotional threat or a physical or spiritual or mental, there's a threat, stress responses take place in your body. Your blood pressure goes up, your pulse quickens, adrenaline shoots through your body, and all kinds of other physiological effects happen when stress is keyed. Now, that's not all bad. In fact, it can be really good. If you're standing in the middle of the street and a truck is coming at you and your body says, get out of the road, it's great to have that extra burst of energy to, to get out of the way. The problem is chronic stress. When you have chronic stress in your life, your body never rests. Your body never shuts down. And many of you are living under chronic stress. And we're going to deal with that today because hundreds of studies have shown that chronic stress in your life is dangerous and devastating to your physical health. Now, last week we started this series, uh, we looked at transforming your spiritual health. And today I want us to turn the dial a little bit and we're going to look at your physical health. And this week in your small groups, you're gonna be discussing six reasons why our physical health really matters to God and what his word says about that. But today we're gonna to focus specifically on what the Bible says is the antidote to the most common stresses in your life. So if you're a little bit tired, maybe a little bit worn out and a little bit stressed, you picked a good week to come to church. Because we're going to look at one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. It's Psalm 23. It was written by a man named David who later became king of Israel. But before we get to that text, here's what I want to do. I'm going to simply list for you 
six of the major sources of stress in your life. And we're going to circle back to each one of these. I don't think we have them on a slide, so just listen. Six major sources of stress, and they are worry, hurry, indecision, opposition, loss, and fear. Now, we're going to talk about these today, and we're going to talk about what the Bible says, specifically in Psalm 23, the antidote to these stresses that are found here. This should be in your sermon, in your notes today, and also on our screen, I believe. We're going to read Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, so I have all I need. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is possibly the most loved psalm in all of the Bible, and it's given comfort to people for thousands of years. But when you really dig into Psalm 23, it's not just a poetic phrase. It's not just a a beautiful psalm. When you understand the metaphors that David has placed here, Psalm 23 is actually explaining to us how to lower our stress. Proverbs 14.30 says this, Peace of mind makes the body healthy. Listen, it's not always what you eat, but what eats you that makes you unhealthy. So we need to figure out how to lower our stress and how to raise our peace of mind. And so we're going to look today at six spiritual habits that reduce stress in our lives. And we're going to look at this passage in, in Psalm 23, line by line, to look for these spiritual habits of reducing stress. So I already mentioned one of the greatest stressors in life is worry. We worry that we're not going to have what we need at the time that we need it. And any time that you expect other people to meet your needs instead of God, you're going to end up being frustrated. You're going to end up being very disappointed because there is no one who's going to be able to measure up to that. No person can meet all your needs. Only God can do that. So the first antidote to stress, this is important, write it down in your notes here. Number one, look to God to meet all my needs. It's the first thing that David said that we need to do. I look to God to meet all of my needs, and that actually brings me peace. There's a great passage found in Isaiah 26.3, if you'll read this with me. It tells us just this, look at this. You will keep in perfect peace those who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. This is an antidote for peace in your life. This single change in life, if you'll stop looking to other people to meet your needs and you begin looking to God alone, your stress would go down dramatically. Let me say it this way. You should always put your security in something that can never be taken from you. You can lose your job. 
You can lose your health. You can lose your reputation. You could lose a spouse. But you can never lose Christ. And so you put your security in him. You look to God to meet all of your needs. Psalm 23, 1, David said this way, The Lord is my shepherd, so I have all I need. Some of your translations may say, I shall not want. I have everything. In fact, you could say that one of the best ways in your life to reduce stress is worship. That you look to God and you say, Lord, everything that I need in life is found in you. And once you've laid that, that's the bedrock of stress management. Then you go to the second step, and that is this. I need to obey God's instruction about rest. So much stress in life comes from us being in a hurry. Not slowing down. We're always working, always feeling like we've got to go, go, go. We've got to produce, produce, produce. We've always got to get stuff done. So, so what do you do? You look to God to meet your needs, and then you obey God's instruction about rest. I want you to think about this. God could have created you without the need for rest. He could have created you and me. He could have created all of humanity without the need for rest. But as it is, you're going to spend approximately one-third of your life asleep. Now, if you have babies, that number goes dramatically down. But why did God create us with a need for sleep? Because God wants us to learn there's this important lesson about rest. In fact, rest is so important that God modeled it for us. When he created the whole universe, the Bible says on the seventh day, God rested. Now, he didn't rest because he was tired. God never tires. He was modeling for us the importance of rest in our life. And the Bible is filled with instruction about rest, about relaxation, about recreation. Those are good things, right? In fact, it's so important, God put it in his top ten, the, the ten commandments right up there with don't murder, don't lie. He says, remember the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day of rest, and keep it. That's how important a Sabbath is in your life. And yet society today, in our culture, people aren't doing this. Even on their day off, they're working. Maybe on your day off. You're working. A lot of people, even if they go to a church service, they still go back home and they start working again to try and get caught up from the week before that they didn't get finished or to try and work ahead for the week that's in front of them that seems so heavy. They're trying to get all that stuff done. That's not a Sabbath. God says, I want you to rest. In fact, in, in Psalm 23, 2 here that we read, it says, he makes me lie down. If you have your pen with you, I want to encourage you to, to circle this phrase, makes me, in your notes. Has God ever had to make you lay down because you wouldn't stop on your own? Did you know your body is made to where if you will not rest, your body will make you rest? And some of you hit that limit before, where your body starts to shut down because you won't slow down. God makes you lie down. It's important for us to learn that getting enough sleep and rest is essential 
to stress management in your life. Write this down in your notes somewhere, on the side, maybe. My best requires rest. If I really want to be at my best, if I really want to offer God my best, if I want to offer my family my very best, it requires rest. This is a formula God created in us. My best requires rest. Even in the busiest seasons of your life, you need a Sabbath. You're not wasting time when you're resting or relaxing. Can I get an amen on that? Come on, somebody. You're not wasting time. In fact, you could say that it's better to have loafed and lost than to have never loafed at all. (laughs) He makes me lie down. He restores my soul. People have often asked me what Sabbath is about. It's about three things, and I put these up here for you as well. Number one, you rest your body. It's a biblical basis for a good Sunday noon nap. Can I get an amen on that too? Not sleeping at church. Wait till you get home. (laughs) Number two, it's about refocusing your spirit. That's worship. That's what we're doing right now. We're focusing on the Lord and, and we're refocusing our spirit. And number three, it's recharging my emotions. That's what recreation does. That's why hobbies are so important. You need to do something that restores and re-energizes you. Maybe it's taking a walk outside. Maybe it's some kind of a hobby or a sport. These are good things that God has given us that recharge our emotions. Those are the three parts of Sabbath. When God says, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath. Make sure that you do it. These are the three things he's talking about. You're getting rest, refocusing, and recharging. And listen, it doesn't really matter What day is your Sabbath? In fact, in the book of Colossians, in the Bible, it says it doesn't matter what day you choose. You just need to choose a day, and you need to do your Sabbath well. Sunday is not my Sabbath. Sunday is a work day for me as a pastor. My Sabbath is on Friday. It's a day when I rest. It's a day when I refocus. It's a day when I recharge. That's my Sabbath. I heard a story about a guy who said to his pastor, he said, Pastor, I tried to get a hold of you all day yesterday. And the pastor said, well, I'm sorry, that's my day off. And the guy said, well, the devil never takes a day off. And the pastor said, well, if I didn't take a day off, I'd be just like him. (laughs) Listen, some of you, that's why you act so mean. You're not getting enough sleep. You're not getting enough rest. You're a little devil because you're not taking a Sabbath. It changes you. It affects your personality. It affects how you come across. And I'll just leave that right there and move on. He makes me lie down. He restores my soul. It's a a key to reducing that stress. Sabbath is so important. Number three is that I go to God for guidance. I go to God for guidance. This is important because one of the common sources of stress in our life is indecision. When you don't know what to do, some of you right now, you're wavering about something. You're at a major fork in the road. Or maybe there are multiple options and you just can't decide what you're supposed to do. And that stress of that decision is just tearing you up right now. I mean, you may already have a tough time just deciding what to order at a restaurant. 
But this is a really big deal. This big decision is stressing you out, and you can't decide whether to get in, get out, or get on with it. So here is some sound biblical counsel. Make God the number one source for guidance in your life. Not the opinions of your friends, though you love them and you value them. Not someone in the media, not someone who, who on, on social media, not what you hear shouted from the rooftops, but you go to God for guidance. A major stress reducer in your life because you know that you got it from the Lord. And you don't have to question whether or not it's true. You go to God for guidance. James 1 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, how many of you guys lack wisdom? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Thank you, Lord, without finding fault. And it will be given to you. God is waiting to give you wisdom. All you have to do is ask. Ask him for wisdom and then get into his word. Read the Bible and wait for him to speak at the right time. It, it may not be immediately, but at the right time, God will speak to you and he'll put that thought or that idea into your heart or into your mind and he will, he will speak to you. His timing is perfect. He's never early. He's never late. If you have to make a decision about something next year, he's probably not going to give you that answer today because he wants you to trust him. His timing, though, is perfect. Psalm 23.3 said this, he guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. That's an affirmation of peace in your life. God is going to guide you at the right time and in the right way. He's going to speak to you. Let that peace just settle on your life. The fourth step is that I will trust God in the dark valleys. I'll trust God in the dark valleys. We all go through dark valleys in our lives. In fact, you'll go through many of them in your lifetime. One of the most common sources of stress in our life is loss. You can lose your job and your money, and it produces stress. You can lose your health. You can lose your reputation. You can lose a loved one. It produces stress in our lives. We all go through many losses in our life. And when you go through loss, there's always two common reactions. And you've heard of these before. One of these reactions is fear. What's going to happen? The other one is grief. Grief is good. Fear is bad. Grief is the way that we get through many transitions in life. Grief is a good thing. In fact, the Bible says that God grieves. It's a godly emotion. On the other hand, fear is a bad thing. Not once in the Bible does it say, grieve not, cry not, sorrow not. What it does say is fear not. 365 times in the Bible. One for every day of the year. Fear not. Fear is not the way. Psalm 23, 4, here's what David says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remember, David's using this shepherd metaphor here. Shepherds always carried a rod and a staff to ward off the wolves and to keep danger away and protect 
the sheep. And David's saying, I'm not going to stress because God is my protector. And I'm going to trust him even in the dark valleys. And some of you right now, you're going through the valley of the shadow. It might be the valley of the shadow of death. It might be the valley of the shadow of debt. It might be the shadow of conflict or discouragement. Whatever it is, you're going through the valley of the shadow right now. And you need to remember, you need to trust God in those dark valleys. You need to pray like David did in Psalm 142 when he said, when I'm ready to give up, he knows what I should do. And the reality is this, guys. You don't have to know all the answers about what you're going through in life when you know the Lord. Let that stress go. You don't have to know. You don't have to know all the answers in life as long as you know God, because he knows what you should do. And you ask him, and he speaks to you. Guys, he's got this. You don't have to. How many of you guys could give a great big amen right now? Just let go of that. You don't have to. God's got this. You don't have to, and I'm gonna trust God in the dark valleys. The next stress reducer is Psalm 23 teaches us to let God be my defender. Let God be my defender. Another common source of stress in our life is conflict or opposition. Listen, there are people in our lives who oppose us. I I know you don't like to say this or admit it, but there's people in your life who don't like you. It's okay. They may be people you work with. They may be people in your own family. But they don't get along. You don't get along. There's conflict there. We all have conflict and we have opposition. And when it happens in our life, there's a natural response in us to try and retaliate or get even. When somebody criticizes you, when conflict or opposition happens that we try to to rise up and meet that conflict, But when that happens, it puts us on the same level. But God is actually calling us to rise above. So how do you handle rude people in life? How do you handle the complainers or the criticizers? Well, the answer may surprise you. You don't. You don't. You let God handle them. You let God be your defender. David was a pro at this because David did not just face the emotional or verbal attacks, but he faced physical attacks. He spent most of his life hiding in caves, being misunderstood, being accused, being put down. Rumors were told about him. He was criticized constantly, and yet God was preparing David to be a leader and to be a king after his own heart. David said in Psalm 23, 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What is he saying here? What's he talking about? Remember, it's a metaphor again. He's saying, God is so good to me that he honors me at a banquet in front of my enemies. I don't have to raise myself up in front of them. God will do that. He anoints my head with oil, which is saying to the world, this is my guy. This is my guy, and you better back off. This is my man. 
My cup overflows. God, you're so good to me. In spite of my attackers, in spite of the criticism, in, in spite of the opposition in my life, Lord, you just keep blessing me. My concern is not with their opinion. My concern is with yours. You just keep blessing me. I'm gonna continue to trust you and I'm going to let you be my defender in life. Psalm 18, verses one and two says, how I love you, Lord. You are my defender, my protector, my strong fortress. In you, I'm safe. You protect me like a shield. Now I realize, and I think every one of us is probably in the same boat here. It takes a lot of faith to trust in the Lord and to rest when you're under attack. When you're being criticized, when you're being opposed, when people are saying things against you, it takes a lot of faith to trust in God and not defend yourself when you're being misunderstood or misrepresented. How many of you guys have ever been misrepresented? Never. Listen, I've been here for 10 months and I've probably been misrepresented at least a dozen times in your mind. That's an uncomfortable laugh because it's true. I've been misrepresented to you guys just in 10 months. Think about the, the, where you work. Think about your family and the number of times you've been misrepresented. And when that happens, what you want to do is you want to rise up and you say things like, I've got to do something about this. I've got to correct this. I've got to set the record straight. I've got to speak up. When you're under attack, it takes great faith to trust God. Say, Lord, you're my defender. I don't need to say anything. I don't need to correct anything. You're my defender. I'm going to trust you with that. It also takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of humility to not retaliate, but to let God be your defender. And Jesus modeled this for us. Think about what Jesus went through. Constantly criticized by who? Religious people. <laughs> We're some of the most critical people. Jesus was constantly criticized them. Never once in scripture did he retaliate. Never once did he correct them. He just remained silent. In fact, scripture says this. It's a powerful passage. He entrusted himself to the Father. Here's how, here's how Peter said it for us. In 1 Peter 4, 19, he said, so if you're suffering according to God's will, keep on doing what is right and trust yourself to the God who made you for he'll never fail you. And trust yourself to the Father. He's your defender. When you realize that you don't have to defend yourself, your stress level drops dramatically. God's got this. There's one more common source of stress in our life, and it may be one of the greatest, it's fear. Specifically, fear of the future. What's going to happen? Here's the sixth thing David says. Expect God to finish what he starts. Expect God to finish what he starts. I expect God to finish what he started in me. And if you're a, if you're a, a what-ifer, you're always asking what if. What if bad things happen? What if that goes wrong? What if this turns bad? Hear me, if you're a what-ifer, it leads to enormous amounts of unnecessary stress in your life. You're inviting stress with that phrase. But what if? 
But what if? Here's what David said, Psalm 23, 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Listen, that's what I've got to look forward to. That's what you have to look forward to. God's goodness and his love following you throughout life. Now remember this shepherd metaphor that he's using here through this whole passage. When a shepherd has a flock of sheep, he usually has a couple of sheepdogs with him as well. Shepherd leads from the front, the sheepdogs follow up from the rear, and they're keeping everybody in line. And Jesus or David is saying this, in your life, goodness and love are like those sheepdogs that are literally pursuing you throughout life. You could call them the hounds of heaven, God's grace and his love, his goodness and his mercy, however your translation may say it, they are pursuing you throughout your life. That is what you have to look forward to. That is what you can expect. Philippians 1.6 tells us, God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So how do, you, how do you lower your stress in this area? You say, I'm going to expect God to pursue me with his goodness and with his love. I'm going to expect him to finish what he started. And then David wraps up this passage, this final piece here, saying, no matter what happens in life, I have the peace and the confidence that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Have you ever, ever found yourself saying, yourself saying, well, this really sucks, but at least I've got heaven? <laughs> Listen, sometimes circumstances get really tough. I mean, you guys have been there before. Circumstances get really tough. It's difficult for us to reconcile ourselves that God is not necessarily concerned about our comfort. He's concerned about our eternity. There are uncomfortable things that happen in our lives, circumstances that we go through that are very uncomfortable. And David says this, no matter what happens, throw the worst at me. Still, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And there is part of this situation, part of this equation in our life where we say, you know what, I'm not gonna worry, I'm gonna trust the Lord. I'm gonna go to him for guidance, I'm gonna get rest, I'm gonna do all those things. But even if difficult circumstances come my way, I've got eternity with God. God's gonna be with me, I can handle this, this is all right. He's promised to walk through this valley with me. I'm gonna trust him and I've got eternity with him. We've gone through these, these six pieces here. Six elements. Psalm 23. They're all about reducing stress in our lives. And the effect that stress has on our physical body is really difficult for us to gauge. It's extremely high. God didn't create you that way. It's important for you to know that. God did not design you to carry that stress. He designed you to carry a lot of things. Stress was not one of them. Part of the stress that we carry is because we carry the responsibility that's actually his. He created you to be his child. He's the father. 
His shoulders are broad. He can carry that weight. We weren't designed for it. Let that stress go. Trust him. Serve him. Turn to him in the difficult times. Turn to him with every decision that you have. Get good rest. Get good recreation and relaxation. Take care of yourselves. Trust the Lord. And expect him to do great things. Expect his goodness and his love to pursue you throughout life. That's his promise to you. Now, this morning, I don't know what stress you're carrying. I don't know what burden may be wearing you down, but I do know the solution. I do know the answer. It's our last passage in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. It says this. Jesus is saying, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Doesn't that just sound good? I, I can't help but read that without going, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See, the answer to stress is not those funky little stress balls that you squeeze. It's not banging your head on that sign, you're putting it on your desk. The answer to stress is found in just releasing everything to Christ. The rest that we desire is found in him. And this morning, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, if you have never allowed him to bring that peace into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's the most important decision that you'll make. And so with heads bowed, I'm just going to encourage you today. Invite this, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. You can say, thank you, God, for the offer of peace in my life. God, that sounds so good, and I desire it, Lord. I accept that offer of peace. Lord, I accept you today, Jesus. And I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins and become the Lord of my life. I look to you now to lead me, and, and I ask that you'd give me the strength, God, to, to follow you from this day forward. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that, uh, prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do a, a quick favor for me. In just a moment, we're going to have, um, we're going to receive some communion, and then our elders are going to be up here to pray for any need that you're facing. Let me, let me state this before we move on. God is bigger than anything we'll face in this world, and that's why we go to him. And I want to encourage you, no matter what you're facing right now, uh, this, e this morning, you're going to have an opportunity to receive some prayer from some elders, and they'll be up here at the end of service. If you prayed that prayer of salvation just a moment ago with me, I want to encourage you to do something. On your connection card, on the back side of that connection card is a box that says, I said yes. And I just want to encourage you to do this simple thing. Check that box, put your name on it, and take it up to one. And they would love to begin to do a great work inside of you, of bringing that peace and letting go of that stress around you. In fact, we want to celebrate you right now. Would you guys? And we're going to wrap it up here. Um, you know what? I seem to preach a good amount of time today. But pray a, a closing prayer today. And I just ask you guys to bow your heads with me as we for the plans that you have. We ask that you would help us to leave behind the stresses of this world.
that you never intended for us to carry. Grow us, change us, transform us, Lord.